Thank you for listening to Truth and Faith. We're continuing on with the next segment in our series, Why I Am a Christian, where I explore three major categories. Does God exist? Did Jesus rise from the dead? And is the Bible true? We're focusing now on does God exist? In this segment, I introduce the idea of how can we even begin to study such a question? Because God is a spiritual being, therefore, He's invisible to the human eye, and the Bible says you can't even look directly at Him or it would obliterate you. Does this mean that we can't then know for certain whether or not God exists? Actually, I believe we can. And in this segment, I introduce the idea of how we can start to study this subject. Thank you for listening. Here's in this study what I'll share with you. There's only three big categories we'll look at. Does God exist? Can we prove that? Did Jesus rise from the dead? Can we prove that? Is the Bible true? Can we prove that the Bible we claim is God's word is true or just a fabrication? So I'm going to introduce tonight the God exists part. We won't finish it, and we'll carry on next week. So let's start with does God exist? Now, you could do this different ways. Um, Nathan Young asked me when we were doing this. He was like, well, you, sh- you know, are you going to talk about other religions like Mormonism and, and Muslims and stuff? And here's the thing, and someone could disagree with me on this, but this is what I found to be the best case for me. I thought about that when I was in college, like, oh, i got to study all of these religions, and there's so many books. And But then it hit me. I read 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then what does that mean about our faith? meaningless void it's empty so then i thought okay that's where i could start i could look at the evidence for jesus but then i went and i said but wait a minute jesus claimed to be the son of god in flesh so let me then see is it possible god even exists because if god doesn't exist then how could jesus say what he said he's a liar but if god exists then the question becomes but which god the muslim god the hundreds of Hindu gods, the Christian God. Well, but that's when I said, okay, then I can look at the claims of Jesus and can we see evidence for that? To me then, I thought, if, if you can show that, case closed. Because if the man rose from the dead, I don't need any other proof. That's it. I, I tend to go ahead and accept that what he, everything else he said is true if he rose from the dead. Does that make sense? You could go about it different ways. Hear me clearly. Um, There's people I know that love to just talk about the Bible and they want to try to prove the Bible. That's fine. This is just the order I took, so I'm sharing that with you. So let's start with God. Did God exist? So the professors would throw back at me, you know, look, you just have no proof that God exists. You can't see him. So how do you know he's there? Um, If God does not exist, then what's this been about? This is something they said. You can't see him. You don't audibly hear back from him. Some Christians say you do, but in general, you don't audibly hear back from God when you pray to him. If you can't see, hear, touch, or smell, then you shouldn't believe in it. You ever heard that before? If you can't see, touch, smell it, then how do you know it's true? One asked me something that did bother me back in the day. If God exists, why does he seem to hide himself so much? And that kind of troubled me for a little bit. We'll talk about that later on, but... But think about it. Uh, we believe God's there. We can say, I, I feel like God um, called me to do this or he led me to do this. 
We talk in terminology like that. We say, well, but the Bible says in the beginning God created. But again, then they'd say back, yeah, but that's your Bible. I don't agree with your Bible. You're just believing in God because your textbook says it. What if someone else's textbook says God doesn't exist? Do y'all get the dilemma that's there? Okay, so I just I hope we're clear. Um, stop me at any time. Have y'all heard any other objections against God besides these? Well, God exists, why does he let sin We're going to touch on that. They threw that one at me. If, if there is this all-loving God, why is there so much evil? Why do people suffer? Yes, that's a good one. Yes, like y'all, y'all have, you claim you're the Bible's word of God, but y'all don't agree with each other. So, and I'm telling you guys, that stuff troubled me. Like, I'm not trying to stand here before you like I've never had these doubts. I, I'm just telling you I've gone through this. Let's tackle this issue of, but what about we can't see God? Is this a problem for believing in Him? Um, this troubled me a little bit at first too. Like, okay, yeah, they're right. I can't just look in the sky and there's there's God. I had one he would call God Sky Daddy. Like, you just believe in this Sky Daddy up there. You know, big grandpa wanting you to crawl up on his knee and tell him what you want. Like, you believe he's there, but you can't see him. Some some of these objections, I realized, if you just think about them, you can sort of undo them. So let's think about you can't see God. Can y'all think of anything, though, that we can't see but we believe in? We don't doubt it. Yes, sir? Gravity. Gravity. It's a great one. Who would doubt gravity, right? But it's there. Now, you could say, but if I throw up something, it'll fall down, right? But still, to Fisher's point, what you saw was the effects of gravity. You didn't see gravity itself. You get what I'm saying? Gravity is a concept. It's not a thing that you can show. So that's a good one. Anyone else? The wind, yes. Again, even Jesus said that, right? You see the wind, but you don't know where it comes from. You really just see the effects of it. Another good one. I thought of like cancer even. We've all known someone affected by cancer. And what I thought was when I hear someone say so-and-so has cancer, let's pray for them. I've never not one time in my human existence said, you know, I just doubt that they have cancer. I just don't believe it. But I've never physically seen a cancerous tumor. I've never seen it. I've never even looked them up on Google. I've never seen a cancerous tumor cell. I've never asked, you know, Mark could say, I got cancer, we pray for me. Mark, show me the lab reports. I don't believe you. I need to see. And then if you show me the lab reports, well, if I was like, yeah, but it could be flawed. I mean, it's a false positive. I need to talk to your doctor. Well, your doctor could be a quack. I mean, he's a moron. So, I mean, we could keep going, right, in, until we just never believe Mark has cancer. But we just don't question that. If he said he has cancer, he's got cancer. Because the doctor said so, they've run the test, they did the blood work, he needs the treatment. But we didn't say, but Mark, I need to like you to produce for me, show me the cancerous cells. That'd be ludicrous. We don't say that. But why would we do that with God? So what I'm going to try to open your minds up to see is if you're presented this, or if someone says, well, I just don't believe in God, you can't see him. Just throw that back. Okay, but we could probably think of a hundred things that we've never seen, but we never question Gravity, the wind, medical issues. I mean, I've not looked inside your body and seen what the doctor said you had, right? But I don't doubt it. The Bible does speak to this concept of God's hiddenness. Does anyone have any thoughts about why does God seem so hidden? 
if he's there, and this troubled me for a moment years ago when I was first presented it. If God's there, and the Christian message is he wants you to believe in him and be saved, but why, I mean, why does he seem so mysterious and, and hidden? There's a very basic answer the Bible gives for why we don't really physically, like with our eyes, see God. Does anyone else know? Yes, sir? You would be killed dead. Like, if God appeared in this room right here, do you know what happened to every one of us? We would vaporize. It's over. Now, how do I know that? Because remember, if you know your Bible stories, when Moses on Mount Sinai says, hey, I want to see you. What would God say? You can't see my face, man. Like, you cannot look directly at me. No man can look at me and live. It's in the story's context is one of we're so filthy, sinful, and God's so holy and righteous, he can't let our sinfulness in his presence like that. It just, his glory would obliterate us. So God had to conceal, and, and if you read that story, he just got to see sort of the trail of God. And he couldn't even see the burning bush. That's why when you read these stories, God speaks to someone. It's usually through an object or it's just a voice or things like that or a prophet because and God would – and I don't have book, chapter, and verse, but you can fact-check me, Google it. It's in the Old Testament several, several times. God would say things to Israel when they're sinning like there's a day of visitation coming. But when I come to visit you, it's not a friend that, you know, catching up on old times. It's it's a visitation of I'm going to judge you because you're being so wicked. So there's this concept the Bible says, yes, God loves us and he wants us to know him, but we need to understand our place. We're so sinful and wicked and he's so glorious and mighty. We can't just have this direct one on one like me and Mark right here. It, that's not possible. So that kind of cleared that up for me. Like, well, OK, I mean. Why would you want to see God if you're just you have to drop dead? Um, that's why I sent Jesus, right? It was uh, the John says that he set the full glory of deity aside and took on flesh. That's the only way God could dwell with man. So he's too powerful, too glorious, too majestic, too holy. All right, now, but how do we see God in order to believe in Him? All right, let me. This is what we'll talk about tonight, and we'll wrap it up. You guys brought up a lot of good things. We're going to give them some terms. Indirect and direct. There, and I might pull on Ryan here. He's an attorney because I have some attorney stuff here to help us understand it. So he may know. Um, when I did this research, I found this concept out there I had never heard of before called indirect evidence and direct evidence. In my human mind, I naturally thought, you know what? My professors are onto something. For me to prove God, I need to be able to, to show God. That would be direct evidence. If I could bring God in this room and say, here he is, you can directly see him. You're now an eyewitness to God. That's direct evidence. But God doesn't give us that. He gives us indirect evidence. Now, indirect evidence or direct evidence, let, let me put it in terms of like a court case or a detective on, on a scene. Direct evidence would be evidence that it tends to speak for itself through an eyewitness account, a confession. Indirect evidence is what sometimes people call circumstantial evidence. Y'all ever heard like courtroom shows and lawyer shows that talk about that's circumstantial. That's not always a bad thing. Circumstantial evidence is good. That's what I'm going to argue to you how you prove God. 
He does it through indirect, through circumstantial evidence. And that when I said that to one of my professors, and they tried to pull the well, but but that's again that's circumstantial. That doesn't mean anything. Actually, it means everything. And I want to show you that circumstantial evidence it usually suggests. It gets a little wordy, so hang with me. This is the kind of evidence that suggests a fact by implication or inference. So Jimmy said, you see God. And how did you say you see God? That's it. Through how he works, how he does what he does. This person was cured. We have a miracle. This baby was born and nothing was wrong. It's kind of a miracle in and of itself. We see through how he works. You look back on your life and say, wow, God was really with me on that one because I was about to wreck it. But you didn't see God, right? But you saw him work. Like Ricky said, the wind. You didn't see the wind, but you saw the leaves going through and like, there's the wind. You saw the wind work. That's my point is really predominantly what God does. He leaves indirect evidence. Again, you may ask why. Well, because if he left all this direct evidence, I'll get to one reason in a moment. But again, keep thinking, well, that would probably kill us all. So he can't just reveal himself in the sky or population dies. So he leaves indirect evidence. Um, if you think of a crime scene, this would be things like physical evidence found at the crime scene. They find a weapon. Then they see the fingerprints. Then they run DNA. That's all indirect evidence. Direct evidence would be a witness at the crime scene. They're saying, I saw this. He did that. He looked like this. That's direct evidence. Indirect is the stuff they find. And then the detectives start piecing it together, and they're like putting pieces of a puzzle together, and they're, they're coming up with a picture. And they start to say, okay, now we see what we think happened. We found this weapon with this bullet, with this fingerprint to this person, and they start making this picture of we think we're, we're putting together what happened. I mean you've seen crime shows, right? You know how it works. That's all indirect stuff. The direct stuff is, is the, the witness. Now I want to ask you all a question. Can you all guess which evidence might be preferable in a courtroom case or a criminal case. Indirect evidence. I looked up some attorney websites and a couple of books to fact check this. Ryan can call me out if I'm wrong. I found that indirect evidence is often preferred. And here's why. Circumstantial or indirect evidence is often more reliable than direct evidence. The reason is I found eyewitnesses are notoriously wrong. Or they conflict. I mean, if you get five witnesses that saw the same event, are they all going to tell you the same story? They're going to probably have some variance. They're going to conflict. Or think of it like this. How do you know that witness isn't lying? How do you know they're not trying to get the guy in jail? And so they make something. Yeah, I saw Mark. I said the green hoodie and, you know, the shady looking. I'm kidding. You know, I, they could be lying and they just want to see, you know, Mark go to jail. That's not reliable. People tend to interpret what happened instead of just giving the facts. That's the problem I read it can happen with witnesses. So you could think to yourself, well, direct is better, not necessarily. Um, furthermore, circumstantial evidence is more objective and is more likely to provide a reliable answer. Now, here's why. Uh, as I said, an eyewitness could be wrong. I, I read somewhere some uh, detectives have said as much as half the time uh, they're you know, making an assumption uh, or a generic statement, but I thought that was interesting. However, what is typically never wrong when it comes to evidence? A fingerprint, DNA, those things don't lie. They are what they are. The witness, though, could say, well, I saw Mark. You sure it was Mark? Yes. 
the green hoodie, the haircut, it was him. But if I don't find any of Mark's fingerprints, if I don't find whatever, and instead I find Brother Will's fingerprints on the weapon that we know murdered the guy, well, well, wait a minute. I've got this stuff over here saying he did it, and it doesn't lie. The facts are the facts, but I've got this witness trying to tell me this guy did it. So another reason why indirect evidence is preferred is the eyewitness account might say, I saw this. So let's say, for example, someone does say it was let, let's pretend it was possible. So someone says, I, I literally saw God. OK, I saw him. Where'd you see him at Bono Baptist on March the 7th at such and such time? I saw God. Great. But what's the problem for you and I? We have a choice to make. Do you want to know what our choice is? We have to make. Yes, sir. That's it. Our choice is do we believe that witness or not? But indirect evidence, let's take the fingerprint. What if, pretend for a moment with me, God could leave a fingerprint behind, or you found DNA that was God. And we're being hypothetical, right? That kind of evidence, though, we could show to all the 7 billion people on the world if we wanted to. Do you get the difference? An eyewitness is great, but you got to trust that witness. A fingerprint, on the other hand, we can record it down and show it to anybody who wants to examine the evidence logs, right? So, again, I began to realize, you know what? It's not a problem that God doesn't just reveal himself. God has left all this indirect evidence for us to see. Like Jimmy's given examples, we see him work, but we see other indirect evidence. So, in criminal cases, it may pr- they typically prefer indirect evidence. God has left us indirect evidence of his existence. And as I said, um, I believe that actually should be preferable because indirect evidence anyone can examine. Um, I also found science uses indirect evidence all the time. So if you're still not sure on this, like, oh, I'm not sure I'm jiving with you, think about science for a moment. Does anyone know what black holes are? Heard of them? Have you ever seen a black hole? No. Did you know physicists have also never seen a black hole? Yet all sorts of scientific theories are based off of them. Now, just recently, they did take one of the telescopes, and you can Google the black hole picture. And that's still not a picture of a black hole. Has anyone looked at that or you know what I'm, I'm talking about? Scientists saw there was parts in the space where all this matter was sucked in. And they had so they theorized there must be some type of black hole that sucks in all kinds of space and matter. Well, then they shot the telescopes at where they thought one was and they, they have a picture of it. However, there's a catch. It's not a picture of a black hole. You can't see a black hole. It's a black hole in black space. What they did is they, I might be mixing up my words, but they took a type of radiation like a gamma ray and they used the telescope to shoot a gamma ray across that section of space. And if you look at the picture, you'll see a color like orange or red around a black hole. Now that's the black hole, but that's not a picture of the black hole. It's, they, they really took a picture of the stuff around the black hole and so it paints a black hole picture. I know that gets a little weird, but you kind of see what I'm saying? They're using indirect evidence to say we see a black hole. The direct evidence for a black hole would be to take one of you guys and shoot you into space and let you have on a radio before you die in this black hole, keep reporting what you're seeing. And you could say, yep, there's a black hole. I'm going in and now you're dead. But then we could all question, but I mean, maybe Ricky was hallucinating. Like we don't know what happens when you're that far in space, you know? But so it's not good evidence. 
Um, have you ever seen an atom? You know what an atom is? A-T-O-M, not A-D-A-M. Did you know atoms have only ever been proven through indirect evidence? I found a quote here um, from this guy. He says, pretty much everything we know about atoms is indirect evidence. One can't really see atoms. We do see enough of their effects that we can. With confidence, describe the nature of atoms. It's like putting together a puzzle that's missing some pieces. If you get enough pieces in the right place, you can tell what the picture is, even though it still has holes. Again, as I begin to study these things, I, it came to me, this is really stupid to question God now. Because you've got these smart guys trying to tell you that there's no proof for God. And yet all you've got to do is say, but wait a minute, you believe in a thousand things with no direct proof. Atoms, cancer, the wind, gravity, black holes. Why do we put God in a different category and say, well, there's just no proof. There's all the proof in the world. So is it a problem we can't see God? My answer is no. In fact, it's probably best that we don't. We would die. But when it comes to proving God, don't focus on the direct, what you can see. Focus on the indirect. So I began to realize that that's not a good objection for not believing in God. I wanted you to see tonight these concepts of there is such a thing as real, objective, moral truth out there that regardless of if you're in America or Iran or China, you need to accept that truth. And, and to me, in the case I'm making you, it's, it's Christian truth. Um, but the common things I'm promising you guys, your children are being fed this stuff. They're hearing it at school. They're going to hear it in college that all truth is relative. You believe your truth, I believe mine. That makes no sense. And I tried to share with you some of the things. Just think about that for a moment. You know, um, I told the students, and again, it gets dark, but you could you could use this if you're gutsy enough. Um, I want to, It wasn't a professor. I didn't have the guts for that. But one of my friends that, that said that, I just said, okay, let me. can I end your life right now? Well, no, of course not. Who says I can't end your life? Well, it's illegal. Well, what if another country says it's okay to murder, right? Well, it would still be wrong. I mean, we intuitively know that's wrong, that murder is wrong, that rape is wrong. So, but why do we know that? And we'll get to that a little bit later. But um, no one lives that way is the point. We all make judgments every day. The second thing I wanted you to start opening your minds to, it's okay that we don't see God. It's actually expected we don't see God. But as you guys are seeing, we see the effects of God. We see the evidence he left behind for us to look at. Thank you for watching. If this has been helpful to you, please consider liking it, sharing, and subscribing to our channel. Join us next time as we begin to look at the specific evidence God has left.